Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is John Murray, and welcome to another exciting episode of Go Deep. Uh, this week we will talk about, well, what <laughs> we're doing in a little time, duck boat football. I don't want to bore you, I'd like to jump right, in, jump right into the situation. we got a few things we'll discuss this week. First off, let's talk about the man that has been, well, pretty much taking over the NFL here, or has been talking the NFL, I should say, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Now, I did get to listen to this. I did listen to his 20-minute uh, interview that he had with the Borders. And, and to be honest with you, I'll give Aaron Rodgers this. Aaron Rodgers was pretty much, um, how, how can we say, he was truthful with the media. <laughs> how many times can you have an athlete be that truthful with the media? Now, and I'll be honest with you, I, buy, I bought in with what, whatever Aaron Rodgers said, I bought it. To me, I never thought it was about the money. Aaron's got the money. That wasn't the problem. The problem was Aaron wanted more say so in the matters. He walks in, hey guys, I want Randall Cobb. What does he do? What did the management do? They'll go get Randall Cobb for him. Now, in that same day, I believe, they added uh, offense tackle Dennis Kelly, who was a left left tackle, started for the Tennessee Titans all 16 games last year. Now, to me, that was a better signing then Randall Cobb, and then trading for Randall Cobb. While I say that, well, you don't know the injury situation with uh, his left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Now, reports are that he should be be willing to go week one. And I certainly do hope David recovers very quickly. But the Dennis Kelly one is an excellent pickup. It gives them depth on the offensive line. And trust me, you need to protect Aaron Rodgers. They did a pretty good job of it last year, I think, I, could, I don't think Aaron was sacked that much. I believe he, he might have been, what, sacked 20 times last year. I think one report I heard. So, but getting offensive line help, I think, is more important to Aaron Rodgers than maybe the wide receiver is. But Aaron loves Randall Cobb. I believe they even done a commercial together one time. But he trusts Randall Cobb as much as he trusts Devontae Adams. So, I'm sure fantasy experts out there could all jump on the Randall Cobb bandwagon because he is back with – Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sure Randall Cobb's value will go up, or go up in, you know, up in stock in fantasy drafts. But it's still Devontae Adams. He's gonna still be the number one man. Randall, I'm sure Randall will catch a few balls, and he might he might be a late sleeper pick for somebody in a lot of fantasy drafts. But let's get back to the heart of the matter, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Now, yes. Aaron pretty much got what he wanted. He wanted to say so in the matter. Now, his contract run could run through this year. He could be a free agent next year. There's talk that he could he could uh, be there for two more years up to 2023. Basically, in a nutshell, what Aaron Rodgers wanted was pretty much what Tom Brady's got. He's got some say so. As we've already discussed, Tom Brady went Ron Gronkowski. He got Gronkowski to pretty much come out of retirement to play for him. He told the brass, the Buccaneers brass, hey, I want Antonio Brown. What did they do? They go get Antonio Brown. And I think this is the same situation with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said himself, I've been in, in Green Bay. Well, this will be his 17th season in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I want them to say something to matter. If I got to go bring uh, um Amari Green at retirement, put him as my, put him in the running back. I want that. Point being is Aaron 
Aaron's becoming a new breed of athlete where they want to say so in the matter. I know in Seattle, I believe Russell Wilson kind of sort of wanted that, wanted that, but of course that kind of fell on deaf ears. Now, at least I give Russell Wilson credit. Russell Wilson's been to two Super Bowls. He has won a Super Bowl. And I do give Russell Wilson that, and maybe Russell, in a way, should have had some say-so, but Seattle's got a pretty pretty decent front office, and John Schneider and, and Pete Carroll's done an excellent job being the coach of the, of the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So, But I can understand what Russell Wilson is, because Russell's probably saying, well, if Tom Brady can get what he wants, how come I can't get I can't get that same same thing. Granted, I'm sure people say, well, Tom Brady won two Super Bowls, but he got to Tampa Bay, and now he's won a seventh. So some say, well, Tom Brady could tell you know, tell Tampa Bay uh, anything anything he wants. But I think Aaron Rodgers feels the same way. Now, a lot of people said that Aaron Rodgers is upset because of the Jordan Love draft pick of two years ago. Well, and a lot of people talk about, well, Aaron went through the same thing when Brett Favre got drafted. Well, I should say when um, Brett Favre was around, Aaron Rodgers got drafted. Is it the same situation? Yeah, it's the same situation. But I think in the back of my mind, I think Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Brett Favre wanted that much to do with Aaron Rodgers, but I think at least Aaron Rodgers is willing to is willing to go to Jordan Love and showed Jordan Love some stuff. Now, the question in the back of my mind is people have not really asked themselves. Here's a question nobody's really asked, asked themselves. Could Aaron Rodgers be trying to be maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers is trying to be a John Elway. What I mean by that is that does Aaron Rodgers have any possibility of getting into I'm not going to say a coaching job, but is Aaron Rodgers gearing up to be maybe working in the office, maybe a future general manager? Now, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers, I'm not in Aaron Rodgers' head, I don't know. But could this be a possibility where he's playing not only for this year, but he's playing for down the, down the road? Maybe he wants to stay in Green Bay. Maybe he wants to be in the front office down the road. You know, maybe... He's trying to teach Jordan Love what he knows, so maybe Jordan Love can take take over and maybe try to have the success of an Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's thought about that, but in the back of my mind, could that be what Aaron Rodgers wants? In the words of Aaron Rodgers, he always told the fans, relax. Well, Green Bay fans, relax. You have Aaron Rodgers for one more year. Now, don't be surprised if he stays for a couple more years and maybe he gets into the, maybe he takes a front office role with the Green Bay Packers. I think it's possible. Then again, it gets very interesting. I don't think him and GM are the best of friends. It will be interesting. Could he, yeah, could, could Aaron Rodgers be trying to become a GM down the road? Don't know. We'll see. Now, let's talk about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, first of all, happy birthday to uh, Dak Prescott. Today is his birthday. Now, 
I know the news, the news has come out of California that Dak has got a shoulder strain. And I'm sure some Dallas Cowboy fans, oh my gosh, here we go, here we go. And the quarterback said, the backup quarterback situation may not be the greatest in the world. Now last year, I've always thought that when they got Andy Dalton, I thought it was one of the better pickups that the Cowboys had made in a long time because of Andy Dalton's experience. That's one thing Dallas had a hard time for years. At least when Dak was starting quarterback, he didn't have that backup experience. When Andy Dalton came in, when they signed Andy Dalton, said, okay. I thought to myself, okay, this is different. They got an experienced backup quarterback. When Dak went down and stepped in, Andy had some, shall we say, bumps in the road. But at least Andy was, was better out there than, than Ben DiNucci. Yeah, Mr. Gilbert, he had he had a game where he didn't look quite as bad against Pittsburgh. But Andy Dalton's a backup. Now this year they're in that boat where they don't have that veteran backup quarterback. And to me that becomes a concern if if Dak is to mess any time this year. And I'm sure for Dallas Cowboy fans, they certainly hope not. Now in some analysts, people believe the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. A lot of people think that the Defense is still something that needs to be worked on, and hopefully Dan Quinn will fix that situation. A lot of people were by the strain, and a lot of people said it's probably just fatigue, and it probably is. I think a bigger reason is Dak has said that he is not worried about his ankle. He's put his ankle issues behind him. But with any athlete, I don't care if it's a baseball, football, basketball, hockey player, whatever the case might be, if you got a significant injury, it's always in the back of your mind. Now, for what I've seen, videos of Dak, he seems to look good. His ankle seems to be pretty sound. But sometimes the back of mind, I have to wonder, is Dak throwing more? Is he trying to use his arm more to take less pressure off of his ankle, his legs. Could that be why he got the strain? In some ways, I believe that is I believe that is the case here. Now I'm not a quarterback's coach. <laughs> I don't work on the Dallas Cowboys medical staff. But if I'm Dak Prescott, my best advice to Dak, be yourself, Dak. Don't do don't do anything. Do not change what you did. You have a good arm. But it's your legs, it's your ankles. They're a dangerous weapon as well. Don't change anything. Don't overdo it. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax, chill, mellow out. But I do wish Dak all the best in the world. I think Dak, like I said before, and I'll say it again, I think Dak will probably be a top five or six fantasy quarterback for those people who are fantasy football fans and might be listening to the show. He's still a five, top five or six. But Dak will be fine. Dak, don't overdo it, man. Just relax. Now, let's, we'll stay on the subject of quarterbacks for right now. 
Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Now, Drew Brees certainly left a big hole. He's a Hall of Famer. But the biggest problem is it might not be the quarterback, quarterback situation. Their star receiver, Michael Thomas, he might not be back until maybe there's so many reports it could be anywhere from week three to maybe week seven. And that's a concern. See, to me, I would have thought Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston has a much better arm than Hill does. And you figure, and you got to remember, it wasn't that long ago this man threw for 30 touchdown passes. And you'll say, well, yeah, he threw for 30 interceptions as well. But you figure in a year under the learning tree of Sean Payton, you would hope that Winston would have definitely cut that probably in half or more than half. But he did throw for 30 touchdowns. Now, with the loss of Michael Thomas, there's going to be more emphasis on the running game. Alvin Kamara is going to be used a lot more. Latavius Murray, he's going to be used a lot more. Which I got a feeling, I hate to say it, by default, I would be surprised if Mr. Hill winds up being the starting quarterback over Jameis Winston just because they got to put the emphasis more on the running game. Personally, I would like to see Jameis Winston win the job and let Taysom Hill be that jack of all trades. He can run the ball, catch the ball. Yes, he can still be an option pass. He can still, he can definitely throw it. But to me, at the end of the day, I do like to see Jameis Winston win the job because he has a better arm. They have a pretty decent offensive line. But the receiving situation, it's, it's not that good right now. They went out and signed Chris Hogan. And Chris Hogan had gotten out of football, but they brought him back in. He's now, I don't know, is, is, it, is he supposed to be the new number one? Doubt it. Don't think he's supposed to be. But the Saints could be hurting that receiving spot. Jared Cook is gone. At the tight end spot. So I hate to say, you know, Saints fans, by default, I think Taysom Mills going to wind up being the quarterback. And, well, <laughs> I guess for fantasy football fans, Albert Camaro stock will probably be about the same as it, as it ever was. They'll be running more. Latavius Murray stock might get a slight boost in value because, again, they go run the ball more. I certainly hope, I wish Michael Thomas all the best in the world, and I hope he gets back. But since his injuries, he hasn't been the same player. He got 149 balls one year. It's amazing. But, New Orleans Saints fans, I look for Taysom Hill to be the opening day starter for you. And it's a shame. I'd love to see Jameis have more weapons if he had a healthier Michael Thomas. Maybe another another receiver to go with that. But New Orleans Saints fans facing our arrow, I had to say on week one is about to begin. 
Let's talk about another quarterback situation. We'll keep going and on and on. Let's talk about Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Now, Cam didn't have the greatest year in the world. He had some injuries. I believe he had COVID last year as well. Now, a lot of people feel that Mac Jones might have a chance to outbeat Cam Newton for the, for the open, day, open day starter's job. I don't think so. Cam's going to start. Cam has been has spent a year in that system. Cam knows it. Cam can run it. Now, Bill Belichick and the, and the uh, New England Patriots went out and got more weapons. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry. They've went out and have got more weapons for Cam Newton. Maybe more weapons will help Cam Newton. Hopefully a guy like Damian Harris can stay healthy for a full season. Yeah, I get it. I know Bill Belichick, he wants to stick to a running game, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think maybe in some way he let Cam Newton run too much last year. I think that became an issue. That became a problem. People knew that, hey, let's just go ahead and stop the run game because they can't pass it. Well, Bill... I know you've won six Super Bowls, but Bill, you got to pass it. Cam's got to show the NFL that he can still be that passer. And the weapons that he got, that you got from the offseason, they're going to have to play lights out to make the people in the NFL believe that Cam Newton and you can pass the ball. Now, I'm sure at some point in the season, if Cam struggles, I'm sure Bill will throw his hands up and say, okay, I've got no choice. Let's see what Mac Jones can do. Because you know Brian Hoyer, Hoyer's not going to be just a quarterback. And I think they pretty much give it, give it up on, on Jared Stenham. Sure, Mac Jones is the future. There's no doubt about that. That's why Bill Belichick drafted him. But right now, Cam Newton, Cam Newton is a president. And Belichick's going to ride Cam for as much as he can ride him. And he should. Now, I don't think you'll see the Cam Newton that you saw back in the heyday with the Carolina Panthers. I think Cam Newton that won the MVP. I don't think he's that guy anymore. But at times, there's still that little bit of flash of that in Cam. But I think Cam, can he still run the ball? Yeah, Cam should still use his legs. But Cam needs to be a better passer of the football to make people, to make people believe in him, to make people believe in the New England Patriots. Now, to me, the Buffalo Bills are still going to be the favorite in the AFC East, and they should be. But the Miami Dolphins, they're getting better. They seem to get better and better every year. And not to say that the New England Patriots couldn't, let's say, battle for the second place in the division. It's a possibility. They had some players that set last year because of COVID. With some of those players that set off of COVID last year, they're back. And they could, they could, they could be a great benefit to the New England Patriots to the point, heck, these guys could finish probably in second place. Now. I don't know if the New England Patriots have it in them to be a wild card team. There's many teams in the AFC 
You still got the Miami Dolphins. You still got the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers still got a chance. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans. I can, I can go on down to the Kansas City, certainly the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, who knows? The Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe the Las Vegas Raiders finally, finally uh, break into the mold this year. And don't count out the Denver Broncos if they get their quarterback situation straight. But to be honest with you, I don't know if the Patriots, they, they might could be lucky for the second division. But I hate to say it, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. And guys, if they're doing the Patriot fans, the dynasty is long gone. Tom Brady's not walking back through the door anymore. He's having fun in Tampa. So, Bill, you had a great run. Hall of Fame coach, no doubt about that. Minus all the controversies, minus the spy gates. You saw a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL. But any patient fans, you might, 500 might be the best you do this year. Whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Mac Jones, that might take over eventually. But Cam has got to throw the football to make people, to make people in the AFC and the rest of the NFL feel that he's still that viable threat. And I know quarterbacks has been the recurring theme of the, of the season. Of my show, I should say, thus far. The next one, everybody wants to talk about Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. You hear so many conflicting reports that, hey, Locke looked good one day, Bridgewater looks good the next day. Um, I know one report that uh, Bridgewater is, um, has got a very good report with the uh, second year receiver, Jerry Judy. And for those fantasy experts out there, Keep an eye on Jerry Judy. I know Cortland Sutton's coming back. The question is, how healthy is he going to be? And I think that's where a guy like Judy, for right now, Judy to me is the number one weapon for him, not Sutton because of the injuries. I've heard reports that Bridgewater and Judy should have a pretty good rapport. With that in mind, don't be shocked if Bridgewater winds up starting because he has he's an experience he's got the experience. He didn't do that bad of a job when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. He had a few maybe ups and downs with the Panthers. But you gotta remember, you had what Christian McCaffrey all the what maybe two games last year. Now he had pretty good weapons in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson last year. But I'll say this, Bridgewater's got a lot of weapons, a healthy Sutton, Judy, a man, Tim Patrick. I know a guy that could be a deep, very deep, deep sleeper pick, depending on Sutton's health. Noah Fant, a tight end to look at, certainly to look at, and keep an eye on him. I believe K.J. Hamill. He's a man that's been looking, I've heard that he's looked pretty good in camp as well. You got Melvin Gordon. You got the rookie Javante Williams there. Denver could be very, can Denver get past Kansas City? 
Right now, I'm going to say no. Could it be a playoff team? It could be if Bridgewater or Drew Locke take over, step up. But for right now, I got a feeling, Vic Van, you know, I got a feeling that the Denver coaching staff and the Denver Brass, they brought in Bridgewater. I think they brought in Bridgewater to win the job. That's not saying Drew Locke can't win the job. I think he can. But Locke's going to have to step up, cut those um, interceptions down, put those mistakes down. But right now, just my two cents. Don't be surprised. I think Bridgewater, I think they're going to veteran in Bridgewater because they want to get back to the playoffs. I think deep down inside, they might not come out to the media. They're not going to come out and say it. I got a feeling they don't have the confidence in Drew Locke. I don't think they do. I could be wrong. Maybe I am wrong. But that's why, that's why they brought Teddy Bridgewater in. I know when Aaron Rodgers sitting out, the Denver Bronco Brass was hoping we can get Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's not going to happen. And there's nobody else over there. John Elway's not going to come riding back in to save you. Even Peyton Manning's not going to come back to save you. Fans, Teddy Bridgewater's going to be a starting quarterback. I got a feeling. And Teddy's not a bad player. No, he's a decent quarterback. But can he be the quarterback to get you over the hump? Time will tell. Now let's talk about a, a subject that's been going around the NFL lately, and that's COVID. I know the NFL, I know teams have got their own protocols in place, and some players don't like it. I know Cole Beasley's been in the news about, he said that he has not been vaccinated, and, and I believe was it Mark Cuban, I believe, has said something that he would give I don't know. I, I don't know the. I can't. I can't sit here and say I know the. The money value. If he was going to offer money back to Cole Beasley. To get vaccinated, I believe uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not too happy about it as well. Some owners are pushing for it. I know uh, coaches as well. As well. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're in, a day, we're in a day and age where it's a it's a mad, mad world. It's a crazy world out there. Today. You got something like this. I mean, there was millions of people that caught this stuff. Many more died from this, from this. I can see where the NFL is pushing is pushing. Their athletes to get this to get this shot. Now, I'll be honest with you, to my listeners out there, to be honest with you, I haven't I have not got the shot. Now, if somebody was gonna pay me ten million dollars to get the shot, would I get it? Yeah, I got no problem. Be honest with you, you don't have to offer me ten million dollars. I have no problem getting a shot. Now, I'll be honest with you, my wife and my two kids. They've got the shot. Now, my daughter, she's 13 years old, and yes, she's got the shot because I believe nowadays you can get a 12, 
and older. Now, I don't have a problem taking the shot. If it was going to protect my family, absolutely. But the one thing I've never understood about a shot, you take one shot, you feel fine. If you get the second dose, I hear reports that you get maybe sick for a couple of days or something like that. I've never understood the significance. If you take a shot, why should it make you sick? I never claimed to be a brain surgeon, and I'm not a doctor. But I've never understood the significance of why it would make you sick if you took, if you took a shot. Now, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what Cole Beasley's thoughts, and I don't know what DeAndre Hopkins' thoughts. I'm not in their head. I do not know what they're thinking. Maybe it's something like, maybe they're thinking along my lines. I don't know. But then it goes back to the, the Constitution, right? What is that, freedom of speech? I don't know if that falls under that or not. I know President Biden has talked about getting federal workers, but they, they, it's mandatory. Oh, they have to go some protocols back to where you get your temperature taken every day before you walk into the, a federal building. Now, I know owners, I know coaches, coaches, they want their players to be vaccinated. I don't know the percentage. Some of the teams feel their players have been 80% vaccinated, I believe. Some are probably, I don't know, some could be, I don't know, 50 or 6%, I don't know. I'm not familiar with percentages or familiar with the totals. It's hard for me to judge what I believe. Now, I had no problem with Cole Beasley's take. That's Cole Beasley's privilege. That says, but I guess we're playing with a double-edged sword. If Cole doesn't get the shot, does that mean, does that mean he does not play? And does that mean that DeAndre Hopkins one of the best receivers in football. Does that mean he will not play this year unless he gets that shot? Well, I guess if you understand by the, uh, to me, the way I'm taking it, that could really be the case. Now, I know reported, in the, and you still got uh, players in the, in, the, in the NFL right now in preseason under protocol. Lamar Jackson, I believe, well, Lamar Jackson, He's on the protocol. Now, I'm not saying is that you got to do very, a variant, I believe, of this, of this disease, of this COVID. Now, it's a free country. And trust me, I work with people who have, who have gotten a shot. I work with people who, don't, who, have, who have not gotten a shot. And I've been honest with my coworkers. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I wear a mask when I go to work. Now, call me, call me what you want, but I do wear a mask. I do look out for my fellow, my fellow man, fellow woman. But it becomes a touchy subject. Do they? Will Cole Beasley, Will Dillinger Hopkins, well, others in the, in the NFL, 
are they going to take a big stance to the point where they're going to, let's say, not play? Are they going to take a chance to lose thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars? Are players going to do that? If that comes down to the case, I got a feeling that no, at the end of the day, those players didn't get that COVID shot. They go get the shot because you don't want to lose all that money. Because again, you want to support your you want to support your family. Put food on the table. So at the end of the day, don't be surprised if guys like Cole Beasley, John Joe Hopkins, or whoever else in the NFL goes ahead and takes a shot. And if the time comes for your host here, yeah, he'll take it. But ladies and gentlemen, we live in a day and age where anything can happen. You should be here one day, gone tomorrow. It's just the way the world is. That's the way life is. In the words of Benjamin Franklin, there's two things certain in life. Death and taxes. And unfortunately, Benjamin Franklin's right. At the end of the day, I think I think they I think players in the NFL will get the shot because hey, at the end of the day, he wants to lose money, right? You get down to you want to lose money, or are you going to fight for your rights? Well, it's great to fight for your rights and believe in believe in a cause, but at the end of the day, the almighty dollar eventually is going to talk. Somebody once said, money is the root of all evil. Well, it can't be the root of all evil if, if that money helps you, helps provide for your family, puts food on the table, it helps you buy the house that you're living in, that car that you might be driving. Money can't be the root of all evil if it, if it provides you that. Now, power... Sometimes that could be the root of all the evil, but not money. So is it going to be money? Or is it going to be freedom of speech or your beliefs? Well, I hate to say, ladies and gentlemen, money does talk. I think, I think that's what's going to be the case here. Let's let's kind of go off of a beaten path. We'll still talk football, but let's talk college football. We may. And what's the biggest buzz all of a sudden now? Is now that the uh, Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners spent many years in the Big Eight, which went to Big Twelve, and now they're moving to the to the SEC conference. I don't know if I'm that surprised. I'm not really surprised. I mean. Money, again, isn't that situation where money talks. And I know that the, both of the universities go ahead and give up, what is it, 75 to $85 million or something like that to pretty much go to the SEC. It's like nowadays we have super conferences. I mean, the Pac-10, they start adding a bunch of teams. The Big Ten, they did it. The SEC is doing it. The ACC, the ACC actually got, has got Notre Dame 
He's got Notre Dame to play some of their teams now. It's going to be one of days, these day and age now, we're going to start having super conferences. It might be the Pac-10. It may be the Big, the Big Ten. It may be the SEC. Maybe the ACC hangs around. I, who knows? ACC will be hang around much longer. I wouldn't be. You know, I'm not. I, you know, I'm actually shocked that maybe the SEC hasn't reached out to maybe to Clemson. I know the Gamecocks from the same will be in the same conference. There's always been reports that maybe Virginia, or Virginia Tech would go to the SEC. Unfortunately, we're in the day and age now where the conferences, everybody wants that jockey, jockeying their conference in the best position to go to the best bowl games to have a shot at the national championship. Now, certainly if Texas and Oklahoma, it's definitely going to give the SEC a huge, huge boost. It'll make the SEC, which a lot of people believe is the best conference in all of college football, will make them even stronger. It's going to start the week in the Big 12. You take Texas, you take Oklahoma away, but what would you have? It hurts. They lost Nebraska several years ago to the Big 10. Eventually, my guess is the Big 12, they will have to go out and they'll have to recruit. They'll go out and they'll have to recruit some talent. They'll have to go out and recruit another university to come in to replace those two. But it's going to be hard to replace a team like Texas. It's going to be hard to replace a university like Oklahoma, who's been in that conference for years. Oklahoma, people remember Oklahoma and Barry Switzer. Texas. People, people will never get Vince Young out of their heads and what he did against Southern Cal. Texas has a long history. So does Oklahoma. But moving to SEC, it'll be a new adventure for him. Now for Oklahoma, Texas, it will not be an easy task. SEC, can you imagine Alabama against Oklahoma every, uh, possibly every year. Can you can you see it? Alabama and the University of Texas. I don't think Oklahoma's going to run over people. I don't think Texas is going to do the same thing. Oklahoma's got a fire. Oklahoma has still, to me, one of the best teams, still one of the better teams in the nation. Texas has struggled the last several years, but they seem to be getting, they seem to be getting better. It's hard for me to sit here. The funny thing is, the Big 12 has been trying for so many years, at least the last few years, to tell the world they have, to tell the college football world that they have one of the better conferences and all football. We lose Oklahoma, lose Texas. It hurts your credibility. Now, who they go out and get, I don't know. Who can they take away from another? They they gonna have to reach out and go to another conference and take somebody. 
I certainly wish Oklahoma. I wish Texas all the best of luck in the SEC. I'm certainly, I'm sure it'll be more money for Texas. It might be more money for Oklahoma. Now I know the Texas for the cable people, for the cable fans out there, they do have the, the Longhorn Network. I've had a chance to watch a Horn, Longhorn Network. There's not some bad stuff on there at all. It's fun to watch all, all those old football games. I like that. I've even watched some baseball games going back all the way back to where I believe Roger Clemens was pitching. But I'll say this. I do feel sorry for the Big 12. Can they rebound from this? I'm sure they'll try. But you lose Oklahoma and Texas. It hurts. It's like somebody stabbing you in the back. And I'm sure to the presidents, and I'm sure to those universities, that's exactly what Oklahoma and Texas have done. Stabbed in the back. I'm sure the SEC will welcome those two universities in with open arms. And again, just like a soap opera, I guess. As the world turns, well, I guess it's where the college football world turns now. Who's the next? What's going to happen next? Like I said, stated, well, some of those SEC, some of those, I should say, some of those ACC teams. Does Clemson join the SEC? Do you have, who knows, Clemson's? Will somebody take a chance on Florida State? Will somebody take a chance on the Hurricanes? Do you see a Virginia? Do you see a Virginia Tech? Tar Heels, NC State, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. And folks, can you see it now? The Fighting Irish in the SEC. Strange things has happened. Crazy things has happened. I know years ago, well, I shouldn't say it wasn't that long ago. People thought maybe Notre Dame could have gone to the Big Ten. But Notre Dame, for years and years, they stayed independent. <laughs> Notre Dame didn't need to join any conference because they were Notre Dame. But now Notre Dame, they play, they play football. I believe they play basketball in the ACC. I can see it now. Alabama, Notre Dame, every year in the SEC. Is it possible? Anything's possible. You keep it up. There's not going to be that many conferences left in this world. I can see it now. SEC, Big Ten, Pac-10, and maybe... Maybe the Big 12. That's really all that's going to be left after a while. There's, no, there's not going to be anybody else. And who's to say the Big 12 will last much longer? We could go into the day and age and we have the SEC, the Big 10, the Pac-12, and that might be it. Is it possible? It could be possible. Wouldn't shock me if it did happen.
but we'll see. Time, time will tell. You know, for my fantasy football listeners, I will try to do the best I can to give you some options at each position. I've been doing it since my, for my first three episodes, and I will continue to do it for my first four episodes, in my episode number four, I should say. A quarterback to keep an eye on and laugh at you, at you as you might. What about my man, Ryan Tannehill? If you think about it, Ryan Tannehill the last couple of years, ever since he became a Tennessee Titan, has done an outstanding job for him. He's become, he's become I'm not going to say he's become a top 10 quarterback in this league, but he's become very viable. Now, I'll be honest with you, he's lost a couple of weapons off of last year's team. He's lost Corey Davis. He saw John Hugh Smith. He's lost those players. But then again, you added a Hall of Fame receiver in Julio Jones. You still got A.J. Brown. And I believe, I know, they, I know they've added Josh Reynolds from um, the Rams this offseason. Josh is one of those underrated players. But Tannehill, he's got to keep an eye on out on. Sure, Derek Henry will still be the focal point of that, of that offense, and he should be. But if you got A.J. Brown, you got Julio Jones, I think it's going to take some of the pressure off of Derrick Henry. And please don't get me wrong, Derrick Henry is still a top five running back in fantasy football. Please, please do not misunderstand me. And if you take him, you should take him. If you got a chance, take him as your first pick overall in your draft. If he becomes your first pick, good job. But don't forget Ryan Tannehill. I'm not saying he needs to draft him second and third overall, but here's some energy you can look at. I'm not saying he's going to be a starting quarterback on fantasy, on your fantasy football team, but he could be efficient number two, a man that you can plug into your hole, plug into your lineup, maybe a week when your top quarterback is off, and I think you can get pretty good numbers out of Ryan Tannehill. And for the record, Ryan Tannehill is not a bad scrambler either. Keep an eye on Ryan Tannehill. If you need a guy that could be a, uh, a mid-round flyer who could get, who could be a nice little backup quarterback for you, and you can play him on certain weeks, you can get by with that. Keep an eye on Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Running backs. I know, I know some people are going to like, eh. John, you shouldn't have thought about that one. David Montgomery. The word out of the word out of the Chicago's camp is they want to get him 20 touches a game. Now David Montgomery didn't start off good last year. He kind of struggled last year. The offensive line struggled. But to be honest with you, take a look what he did down the stretch. He did over a thousand yards. He did run from eight touchdowns. He had some pretty good receiving numbers. Here's a man that you need to keep an eye on. Now this guy could very well be, depending on 
you got an 8 team league, a 10 team league, 12 team league, and I've known there's 14, 16, 18 leagues. Trust me, I've heard of those too as well. But here's a guy, could be a number two, could be a number three running back on somebody's team. Now, if Matt Nagy sticks, sticks to his guns, lets his man at least get 20 carries a game, I think he can do something for you. He may be able to get you, I think he can get you 80 to maybe 90 yards a week. Maybe he throws, luckily he throws in a touchdown. And you can quietly get that 1,000 yards. Now, I don't know if the receiving numbers will be the same as they were last year. They did they did pick up Damian Williams from um, Kansas City, a man who was a um, who played well a couple years ago in the Super Bowl for Kansas City Chiefs. He's a man that I would keep an eye on if something were to happen to Dave Montgomery gets hurt. Williams is a man that you need to look out for. And I'm sure Damian Williams is going to get his opportunities because right now he's probably the number two running back behind David Montgomery. I know Tyree Conan, I believe he's going to, I believe he's hurt right now and he's on the pub list. And to me, that's a concern to me. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know how much longer he's going to be there because I, I like Montgomery. I think Williams is a solid number two. Montgomery catch pass out backfield. So can Williams. With that being said, I think Tyreek's kind of time, and I hate to say it, Chicago might be up sooner, sooner than you think. Don't be surprised if he does if he does get cut. But then again, they makes the comeback. But uh, you have to ask, I know, and the, and the Chicago Bears fans are going to ask him, well, or we're going to have Andy Dalton. It's Justin Fields going to wind up being the starting quarterback opening day. Now, from my opinion, Dalton's going to start opening day. If Andy Dalton struggles, yeah, I'm sure Justin Fields will, will, will start. Some people feel that Justin Fields could start open, uh, day one. I know somebody has made a reference of several years ago. That's what happened with Russell Wilson. He had a good preseason. He wound up starting over Matt Flynn because Seattle Seahawks paid a lot of money to Matt Flynn, figured he was going to be the quarterback. Well, Russell Wilson walked into camp and blew him away. And they said, oh, my gosh, we've got to start this kid right here and right now. And who can argue with the results? Great results. But David Montgomery is a man that you need to keep an eye out on. He might not be flashy. But I think the guy's gonna be consistent. He might not. He might not. He might not get you 150 yards. He might not go for four touchdowns. Run for four touchdowns. But Dave Montgomery can get you maybe 80, 90. He can get you 80 to 85 yards a game. He might be able to throw a touchdown in, and he certainly can catch. He certainly may. Able, he certainly get you some receiving yards as well. Now, as far as receivers go, my wide receiver goes. The one guy that I'm kind of go back and forth on, Kenny Colladay. Now, he's been hurt. He's been hurt off and on the last couple of years. But if you look back when he is healthy, the man, the man could be a top 10, 15 receiver in this league if he's healthy. And he's got a new quarterback. You know, Daniel Jones is going to be the man that's going to throw him the ball. But to me, if this guy is healthy, now you got to remember, Barkley's Barkley right now is 
from all reports is he's not going to be ready for the opening season. Right now, reports I've heard that Devontae Booker may wind up being the starting running back opening day. Now, I don't know if Devontae Booker's a man that you need to run out. Oh, my gosh, let me run out and get him. But that's one report that I've heard. Now, you got to remember, Sterling Shepard is a good, is a decent number two. He's not going to light the fantasy world on fire. Darius Slayton, he's a man that has surprised a lot of fantasy people. A lot of fantasy owners have picked him up, and he's had his moments where he's been, he's played well for you. And he might have flashes of having some games for you that can play well. Now, I know Evan Ingram, he's been somewhat of a disappointment to a lot of fantasy owners. But now you got Kyle Rudolph that's going to cut into his, his playing time. But nobody knows. I sell that Kenny is the number one man. Kenny's got the capability of putting up 1,000 yards. He's got the capability of getting you probably 10 touchdowns if he can stay healthy. And that has been Kenny's problem for the last couple of seasons. Can he do it? He's got to stay healthy. He's got to prove it wrong. If Kenny can stay healthy, Kenny's a man that you need to look at. I don't know. I don't think Kenny's going to go high in a lot of people's drafts. A lot of people are going to be scared off because of injuries. And I'll be honest with you. I play this. I play fantasy football going to my 33rd year. And I've always had a theory. If you're injure prone, if you're injure prone, I'm leery of you. If I try to trade for you and you're injure prone, I'm not going to give you a lot for a guy that's injure prone. People, people that I've played with over the years, they know that. If you're injure prone, I'm not going to give you a lot for an injure prone player because to me, I'm taking the bigger risk. But if Kenny slides, if he starts to slide in draft, and I believe he will, Go draft him. And if he's healthy, he's going to be a steal for you. Now, tight ends, I can go back and forth all day. Tight ends are kind of a hard, everybody knows Travis Kelsey is the George Kittles of the world. Darren Wallace is starting to make a name for himself in this league. It's one of the top tight ends in this league. But you go down the list and go down the list and keep going down that list. One name that's starting to catch catch a little bit of wind, Herb Smith, former Notre Dame tight end. He's starting to catch a little bit of wind right now. He is. Now, don't get me wrong, still got Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson had a great rookie year last year. But I'll say this, Smith could be a sleeper. I'm not saying Smith's going to like to roll on fire, but Smith's got a capability of being that guy and get you those cheap touchdowns near the goal line, maybe five or ten yards in. He's the type of guy that can maybe get you six, seven or eight touchdowns that you might not be expecting. But he's got to keep an eye on now, whether I don't believe he's gonna be a number one tight end for you, but if you guys, but if you go carry two tight ends on your team, 
Make sure that he could be a very good number two tight end for you. And he definitely could plug in on certain weeks. Because Herb was playing very well towards the end of last season. Go draft him. Plug him in as your number two tight end. I don't, think, I don't think you can go wrong on that. Now, defense special teams, I'm going to say the 49ers. 49ers had a lot of injuries last year on that defense. The defense kind of struggled. Well, this year, those guys are coming back, especially a guy by the name of Mr. Bosa. And I believe the 49ers team could be a very interesting defense, special teams, this coming, this coming season. As far as kickers go, gosh, there's a lot. There's Kickers are kind of hard or sometimes hard to come by. One guy I'm going to say is Daniel Carlson of the Raiders. Daniel wasn't really known to be – Daniel came into his own last year. Now, the Raiders, they, they scored a lot last year. Carlson had, his Carlson had a lot of chances and this year. Sure, I get it. The Raiders might have lost some Nelson Aguilar. Still got Jacobs. You added Kenyon Drake to your team. Wallace still hanging around. Hopefully you, got, hopefully you figure the man he drafted, Henry Ruggs, will pick, the, pick his game up. But I think the Raiders can still put some points on the board. Going to be able to put some points on the board. Now I think Daniel Carlson, I believe he was on the top. He might have been top four or five kickers last year in the NFL. It's surprising that that sounds. I had a chance. I had a chance to pick him up off waivers in a couple of leagues last year, and he did very well for me. And I don't think. You know, I think Carlson could have a chance to have another decent season this year. Now, to me, I still think Justin Tucker's still the best man in the league, but I'll be honest with you, I'd have Carlson would be like either sixth or seventh on my board right now. That's maybe one of the better kickers in the NFL right now. So go draft him. Because I think he's going to be pretty decent for you this year. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just about out of time for this episode. Um, for once again, I'd like to thank those who have who have listened to the show. And uh, I'm going to try my best to continue to pump out as much information, as much product I can to you. Um, I will see you again next time.